0: Hey, St. Paul, welcome to our podcast on the study of the Holy Spirit. Right now, it's been centered around up to this point of the work of the Holy Spirit in our in our lives, in our church, and in the world around us. And mainly, Emily, if we were to ask ourselves a question, why did we focus on the Holy Spirit? Um, I, I'd, I'd have to lend ourselves to think that because it was been ignored for so long,
1: I would say, "Why not?"
0: Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Now, if you hear that rumbling, it's, I'm ish, looking
1: for a pin in my purse. I can't find one. Oh,
0: <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Missed. There it is.
1: <laughs> See, y'all, you guys don't give these out. We don't have our stack of the St. Paul pins anymore. I guess because we don't want to spread germs. But now I have no pins. <laughs>
0: Well, we, uh, we're actually in the process of ordering new ones. It's, uh, um, our supplier had uh, recently passed away. And, oh, no, um, that's terrible. <laughs> it is. It is terrible. And so we're finding a new vendor. Mm. Um, and we're not taking any solicitations, if you're listening.
1: <laughs> we got it covered. Yeah, we did. But I miss my little cachet of pens in my purses and in all my Bibles and everything. And we leave them. And this is this little St. Paul pin. this little clicky. Bic pen. Here, here we go. This will drive John crazy. <laughs> um, this is Jake Trotter's favorite pen.
0: <laughs> well, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> he he uses this as his writing utensil for all of his homework at school. Listen,
0: I'm telling you what, the, the, we started buying these pens about four years ago, five years ago. And the whole purpose was that we want you to take them and leave them. I mean, the amount of pens, I don't think I've ever owned a pen that actually ran out, ran out of ink. Oh, I have. Oh, I. But I haven't. I've always (laughs) lost it for two in the first two or three days, and so it ends up someplace else. Okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, they must be pushing pens off of the assembly line in droves, and I just don't have any. I never can find one or anything. So our our thought was, man, we're gonna just put pens everywhere. Yeah. Take them, leave them, and. So, and I'm
1: glad that you explained that because Jim used to give me a real hard time about leaving with several of Sunday.
0: No, no. That was it was our intention.
1: Emily, that's a cost for the church. They have to replace those. And I'm like, oh, now I feel bad. Okay, I'll take them back. And I think one time I did my... Bring- <laughs> <laughs> you come with your. I brought bags. five or six back and put them back in the basket. <laughs> you gotta be. Oh my god! And then we said something in Sunday school, and I, I, you, either you or Shane or Tim Farmers said, "No, no, we want you to take those." Yes. And I was like, "See, now I've given all my pens back."
0: <laughs> Emily, we're going to order another thousand, and um, we're going to make sure that I don't you think get... that's enough. <laughs> That last us about uh, eight months.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: We'll give a thousand away.
1: Huh. That's a good stat. That's an interesting stat.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. Of course, COVID has put that into...
1: Yeah, damper on that. Yeah, put yeah. a damper
0: on that. But I miss having them in our seats. I miss... And I think we're at a point now on Sundays that we can start handing out and have greeters and stuff, maybe starting this fall again, have greeters kind of hand out welcome folks as they come. And Yeah. Uh, it's nice to see the people coming and, and worshiping again. Whether it's Amen. in our sanctuary or whether it's in our fellowship hall for our contemporary worship service, man, it is it is so refreshing. I go back often to the dark Sunday morning hallways when we were just broadcasting from a recorded service and we had tech crew here that was pushing those services out and streaming them. It, it's it was so depressing. It really yeah. was. It was. This place is not supposed to be like this.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. not supposed
0: to be that way. And here we are back in.
1: And because if you think about it, <laughs> churches are really creepy when they're empty.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, they
1: are. <laughs> yes, they are. And I guess that's because it's it, they're supposed to be full. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't exactly want to end right. up in a in a dark church corridor. <laughs> yeah. Because we used to live behind one, and um, I swear we saw people looking at us.
0: <laughs> Why aren't you here? There's a face
1: here? up there. <laughs> oh, no, at nighttime. Oh, I thought you meant on Sunday
0: morning. Why no. aren't them trotters coming to church?
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it, 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 nighttime, it was just odd. I felt like someone was staring
0: at us. You know, off the record Sorry. sometime, I will Sorry. tell you the stories of similar things but i'm not going to go there i'm not going to go there because that's not this is not Sorry, a we podcast are off about it,
1: we are um, off on a paranormal. tangent <laughs> this is not related to the holy spirit <laughs> yes it is you're correct you're correct but this maybe is, it is this... <laughs>
0: yep yep exactly Emily, this is our last episode of this season. We had talked about this a couple of weeks ago, just between you and I, that we don't really have seasons, do we? I mean, like no. season one, season two. and But this is, we've decided that we're going to take the summer off. Yes. And notice I did not even tell you what episode number it was at the beginning. Because <laughs> we've lost count. <laughs> we, right, right. We just didn't want to go into this it. Boy, I can't be... believe we've done this this long and you guys are still listening.
1: This is going to be on the thing as the last one <laughs> yeah, of the <this>
0: season. <laughs> the last one of the season season. I don't know. I come up with these titles somehow in the editing process, but we'll be back um, after uh, Labor Day with season two, season two. <laughs> My mom used to watch General Hospital and um, <sighs> it's still on. I still think still going isn't same it? story. And what season is it on? Like one million four hundred. I <laughs> don't know.
1: My aunt Cindy still watches it. And I've asked her, I was like, I mean, is it the same story? She goes exactly the same. She said, I can miss a few years and then go jump right back in and know exactly what's happening.
0: But there was this Laura and I'm mm-hmm. um, I mean, i mean, I'm talking 30 years ago.
1: Oh, they're still there. Oh, well, I think he died, actually. Luke and Laura. Yeah, Luke, Luke and, and Laura. And
0: Laura. <laughs> Luke and Laura. But I, we talk about series numbers or season numbers. Man, there are a lot of seasons. House Hunters. My wife Ooh, watches House yeah. Hunter. It's on season 172. How Holy do they get once? They must do every two weeks, they have a new season.
1: Yeah. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Whatnot. That's a good show.
0: Yeah. My wife just loves that. She is able to turn off her brain. Yeah. It's that in listening to me preach. She's able to <laughs> turn off her
1: brain. of gotta check out. <laughs> oh, her brain is not turned off. <laughs> She's critiquing. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, um,
0: For this last one, I brought up a scripture passage in John chapter 14, but I thought we'd read that passage, and I want to get your thoughts on that passage and in the whole essence of Jesus being the truth when he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and how this actually unfolds for us today, but also kind of reminiscing over the year, maybe some high points of things that we've talked about and stuff like that, and celebrate some of those too. But our passage today is uh, John chapter 14, just two or three verses. And, and in the context, this is uh, Jesus in the farewell discourse with his disciples in the upper room. Starts in John 13 with the washing of the feet. We get to 14. We have that famous I am statement. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And a few verses after that, Jesus uh, speaks these words. This is what John records. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the father and he will give you another helper. Interesting. Another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, off hand. Just like what comes to your mind when you hear that verse?
1: Well, what you initially think reading that is that the Holy Spirit hasn't been here yet and he will come. And that's still, this is a, it's a, it's a a question that you asked me that I've had to mull over (laughs) and I really don't know where I've landed. Except to say, because we know in Acts, because we've talked a lot about, Pentecost and when the Spirit came. I mean, and we talked about it in, in Solomon, you know, those few episodes ago when we talked about the temple being completed and, and, and the fire from heaven coming and falling. And that story, what I wonder is, the Holy Spirit was always there. It's always been present. But I think when Jesus left, they experienced Him in a new way. Because he had sent them out. Right. He sent them out. He sent the disciples out early in the ministry saying, now y'all are going two by two. And and while they were out, they were able to do miracles and to heal people and to, you know, encourage people into this new way of living. And um, that could only have happened through the power of the Holy Spirit. And when they got back, they were like, I, you, uh, you will not believe what happened. You will not believe what we were able to do. And Jesus is like, yeah, I I know. Yeah, I know. I know what you did. (laughs) Way to go. (laughs) Good job, guys. That's exactly what I told you to do. I knew that was going to happen. And so I, I just think that they weren't, just like we are, we're not aware of how the Holy Spirit works and moves in our life, if you're not paying attention and looking at it, which is something you said, you know, high points and whatnot, things we've talked about, like when we talked with episode 10, and I only remember that, I only remember that episode number, um, with Carlos Whitaker and reading his books and, and thinking about it. I mean, the way that the Holy Spirit is working that we just aren't aware of that we don't discern it as the Holy Spirit. And that's the thing that one of the things, the takeaway for me from studying this for the past nine months or so has been, gosh, the Holy Spirit is His own being. Not that I didn't believe that before. And not that I necessarily thought that He was a lesser part of the Trinity. What I've come to realize and understand and just I'm all struck over is that he is his own standalone part of the triune God. He exists on his own and does things on his own. And that, gosh, if we could all get that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
1: revival. (laughs)
0: And I echo what you said. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that, I mean, we don't want to fall into the trap to say that this is the first time it's appearing or Pentecost that the Holy Spirit becomes. It It, it is the very, you can't get into two verses of Genesis before you start to see the Spirit of God right. hovering over the chaos. And you start to see in the characteristics of the Holy Spirit being to fill the the empty and to form the formless. There is no doubt that in this stage of the progressive revelation of God, that salvation process, that now the uh, Holy Spirit becomes the power, if you will. I mean, yeah. it's, it becomes, I mean, you, the book of Acts is not the acts of the apostles. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And you don't, wouldn't see that, although it was evident that it was happening in the Old Testament. You don't see that it's, it happened after Jesus rose from the dead. And there, we've talked about in previous episodes. We were able to walk through the process of of why it was progressively revealed through Yahweh, the Father, and then you had the uh, the Son. The Father is the Creator. The Son is the Redeemer, and then the Holy Spirit is the Sustainer. There was a reason for that. Yeah. But here, the passage in John fourteen, it says the spirit of truth has been with you. Soon he will be in you. I can't help but ask in verse 16, why Jesus says another helper? Well, who's the first helper? (laughs) Now, the thing here, what if Jesus is referring to himself? I have been with you. And then we look at John 16, where he says, you know, it's to your benefit, your benefit that I go. Yeah. And we talked about that in one of our episodes where what would have been like to be in the upper room? And I I would have nudged Emily. Did he just say what I thought he said? Yeah. You know, because I would imagine at that point they would say, no, we would rather have you. Yes. We would rather have you here than you go. The kingdom of God is bigger than we can ever imagine. We know that. But this verse that talks about another helper, what if the Holy Spirit is seen as a helper. I mean, if Jesus remained, it would have been so easy for the disciples to always just fall back on Jesus and say, okay, I'm going to go up and ask, okay, Jesus, what would you do? Okay, I'm going to watch and see you heal. And I mean, they would gravitate towards it. They would never be able to see the bigger picture of what it meant to live into a reality without the physical Christ here, but the spirit of Christ in us through the Holy Spirit. I mean, that, that is, that is phenomenal. Yeah. You, you know, one of the most difficult things for me to do is trust. Trust is a difficult thing. Now, maybe it's my Northern upbringing. Maybe it's <laughs> uh, a little bit of how I was raised. I, I can't think of, I mean, there was no significant episode in my life that, Traumatized me that I just can't trust people and stuff like that. It's nothing like that, but, but that actually leaks itself over to my faith journey, Emily. Yeah, it. it, it there course. are times that I'm I have difficulty trusting God. And I want these reassurances. I want these moments where God will say, okay, I'm going to show you and then I'm going to prove to you. And I'm always looking for a proof so that I can maybe, I don't have to feel the tension. I don't have to feel the anxiety anymore that I can just be free to just trust. And so I think that this spirit that is now within us, the spirit of truth, the spirit of Christ that is within us. We are able to put ourselves in a place where we're trusting outside of ourselves that God is still working in our midst.
1: Yeah, because I, I thought the same thing. I really thought, you know, well, they've had Jesus this whole time. They haven't had to rely on anything else. They haven't been left to their own devices with all this new information that, that they've learned. They haven't had to put it into practice on their own because they've had the guy <laughs> with them saying this is how you do it everybody watching okay here we go guys (laughs) this is how we're going to react in this in this situation and this is how the best thing to do because it says later and I know I I, the passion translation some people love it some people hate it Um, but uh, to me sometimes the words and I look listen I do say that I check it I go back and and go to a King James or a (laughs) or my trusted NIV, I go back and and, and compare the two passages. But in this passage, um, and some of the notes are so good, verse 26, but when the Father sends the spirit of holiness, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you all things in my name and he will inspire you to remember every word that I've told you. And I think that is so important to the part of them trusting this new helper that's coming and relying on him to guide them to keep this knowledge that they have and to draw them deeper into their faith and what they're about to walk through on their own.
0: So the spirit of truth is if Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, not a way, a truth, but the truth, the way and the life. So how does that work in our lives today?
1: I mean, it works the same for us as it did for them, which we, which we want to say, no, no, that was different, but it's not.
0: What if we looked at the Holy Spirit in this way? I mean, it's, I mean, I love that verse at the end. It will remind you of what I've said. And I've put in my own words to teach you the significance of what it means. It it reminds me of the day that I, I took my son, our our oldest child to the first day of kindergarten and. And he was a little uptight. He was a little anxious about it. Okay. And rightly so. And, and I kept on reminding him, I said, look, I am going to be there at two 30. I'll pick you up or whenever time it was, you don't have anything to worry about. And I will be, I don't know if he was afraid that I would actually show up and pick him up or whatnot. I mean, <laughs> you
1: live with him now. I know. <laughs> and this is where you live now.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's maybe that's what he was uh, anxious of, but, um, but I could only imagine that all day he was, he was thinking, I mean, I wonder if he's going to come back. I wonder if he's going to show up. Yeah. I wonder if he's, a, and you know what I wish I had? I wish I had somebody who could sit right next to him. And when that person noticed that my son was getting a little anxious about whether or not they could tap him on the shoulder and say, he's coming back. Yeah. He'll be back. He promised he'll be back. Yeah. You have nothing to worry about. And I see that as what the Holy Spirit does. Yeah. John, he'll be back. He'll be with you. The greater things that you will do. I mean, he didn't just try to pull wool over your eyes or blow smoke in your tailpipe. This is what he said he would do. Yeah. We, I think, as Christians have theologized the life of Christ to a point where it's lost its humanity, it's lost its significance in the sense of it is something I learned in Sunday school and vacation Bible school, but it has no significance for me anywhere else. And that has to change. Yes. Because if we see it as something distant, something over there that happened at that time, a great fable, folklore, story, then the Holy Spirit can tap you on the shoulder all he wants and it's not going to make any difference. Yeah. You'll never recognize it.
1: It's scary to think about, okay, if I allow this, and it's so weird to say, if I allow the Holy Spirit, (laughs) like I have more control than he does, but it does require a letting go. It does require a letting go to whatever may happen. Whatever may happen in this, okay, I'm trusting. I'm trusting that this is going to work out the way that that you want it to work out. I'm going to put my trust and my faith in you in this situation or all the time. I mean, it should be all the time, but start small, guys. You know, moment by moment, you know, situation by situation, just that sincere desire. But I think we're so afraid, that it's going to be messy, or it's going to be something that we're not comfortable with, or it's going to be something that we don't really know how to do. And so we can't plan for it. And we can't prepare ourselves, in a sense, we can't be prepared in the way that we want, because we want to think that, okay, well, I'm going to do this. And then this is going to happen. And then this is going to happen. And, and so then I'll do this. And then this is what, and it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. And I think, too, an example of that for me recently has been um, this past Sunday at church and the set that we, the the songs that we were doing and talking about who was going to sing what, who was going to lead what and who was going to lead whatever verse. And we sang one of my favorite songs and even the whole, the whole, the way that we started out it just felt different than it had felt since we've been, this group has been together because we have a new, um, worship leader and, oh, that you guys met, um, last episode, um, Jake. And so it just felt different as we, as we started the sermon, the service, it just felt completely different. You just could feel bubbling. I felt like it just felt like a little bubbling. And so as the last song came and, and, Uh, Admittedly, the last verse of this song is the best verse in the whole song. And I was a little disappointed that I wasn't going to get to sing it. But I was like, well, I'll do the first one. And, you know, whatever. Well, as, as Shane finished praying and as the music started, before I even sang a note, someone came forward and came to the altar And it's somebody that I know and that I love very much and and I I really admire and respect. And I I was singing this verse and I just saw him and I thought, I want to go support. I want to just go come alongside and pray, too, because that's a scary thing. It's a scary thing to step out, especially... In a traditional methodist church even though it's a contemporary worship it, service sister. it is still a traditional methodist church that we are going to <laughs> and you know that's hard that takes that stepping out of that in and of itself was something that wow there's someone stepping out right now feeling called and led and there they came and and as i finished Singing my part, I just walked off the stage, and it made my husband nervous because he thought, what is she about to do? (laughs) I think Shane trusted me a little bit more. My husband did not. (laughs) And I just went and joined him. And Shane did say to me, he was like, Emily, if you had not sung that verse, then you would not have been... Available to what the Lord was going to use you or help you do or to come along. He was not you wouldn't have been available to come alongside and do and support like that. And because I said it rehearsal Saturday, I was like, I can quit the praise band after we sing this song because I love it. And I've wanted us to, to do, I've wanted someone to sing it since I heard it the first time. And I love it. And I can quit after this because my my joy will be complete here because <laughs> I will have done this song and so it was not lost on me that when I got down there and as they were singing it and it's so good it just is a good good song and the ladies were doing it beautifully and it, and I thought okay Lord I guess I'm not quitting <laughs> 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 I see what you're doing here you have taken it from me to be able to be worshiping you and praising you singing this song that i wanted to sing so bad um you have taken me out of it and put me somewhere else and so that was a little messier and a little i mean because i had to i was wearing loud shoes i had to i walked off the stage and i'm sure everyone was going what on earth is happening um but it was messy and it was a little uncomfortable. But once I got down there, it was fine. And if I could have teleported, and I did think, should I just hop off the front? <laughs> and I thought that I decided <laughs> that that would have not been the way to go. And I was more ladylike and walked around. But it, it just, that in and of itself was something that I had in my mind and what I was going to do. And then what if I had said, no, I can't. I'm not going. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to leave this moment here where I'm. I'm helping people worship here. I'm I'm being an integral part of the mood that is being set right here. What if I had ignored it? Mm. <sighs> I mean, I would have missed out on a blessing. I don't know if my presence helped <laughs> this person at all.
0: <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. I mean living into the moving of the spirit in our lives is not something that is actually projected into the future. It's like in the moment. And usually you see the fingerprints in the rearview mirror. Yeah. It's like what Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter three, you see the movement of the spirit is a wind that blows. Yeah. And I believe that Not everybody's window is open to hear the breeze. Yeah. Not everybody's window curtains are open where they can see the trees, the leaves moving. Yeah. And I think that that is, I think that is the beautiful work of the spirit that... For those who are open to at least leaning into or leaning out their window for a second and
1: feel the breeze. Yeah. Look how much your dog loves it.
0: Oh, my God. I took biscuit up to Pennsylvania, and that dog has his head out the window. And I only have enough that he can get his neck out and yeah. his head out. And and I'm passing this eighteen wheeler, and the dog goes whoop! His head goes back. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at me and looks outside, right. and he puts his head back out. Loves it, but but that's the image. I mean, yeah. what if we stuck our head out the window with reckless
1: abandonment. With abandon.
0: reckless abandonment. Well, I mean, just you were just saying. You can take baby steps in this. Yeah. I mean, just, just choose one moment. Just choose one day that that you're going to open your eyes. And how about just this summer? Just open your eyes and your heart to be open. That what if this is the way God is moving in our moment, our midst today?
1: Because because we can observe the wind from inside. You can be safe. I mean, let's let's use the example of being in a church service. You can be safe in your pew. Right. And you can be aware that there is wind moving. Right. You can see it. You may even hear it. But until you step out and feel it.
0: Makes no difference.
1: You can't. Yeah. It's, you'll go, oh, you'll have a different appreciation. It's just like watching. I just got a picture in my mind of Jim Cantore at, on, you know, in the hurricane. Um they can broadcast and show us what it feels like to stand in a hurricane force wind. But we won't ever appreciate that until we are standing in a hurricane force wind. And it's not that the Holy Spirit is always going to be a hurricane. No, no. <laughs> sometimes it is a gentle, cool breeze. Sometimes it'll be a little rougher. And sometimes it's going to blow you off your feet. Right. But you have to be willing to do jump in and stand there to feel any of it. And I promise once you do, here's the thing that's so important and what everyone needs to understand. The more you do it, the more you're going to want it. The more you know how refreshing even the hurricane force wind becomes and how restorative it is. You want it more. The more you try, the more you want it. The more you'll take it, the more that you'll look for it. Like, oh, 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 is it going to be windy? Yes, it's windy. We can fly that kite. (laughs) Charlie Brown, try again.
0: (laughs) There's so much truth in that. And maybe it's centered around the fact that we just lack the trust. I mean, there is a connection, I think, between experiencing God, loving God, and trusting God. I read this recently that said that you will trust God as much as you love him and you will love him to the extent that you have touched him or rather that he has touched you. Yeah. And I think that last part is where we miss it. You will love him to the extent that you have touched him or that you've realized that he has touched you. I mean, what would be like this week if, we, if this summer we leaned into just embracing the, the, the good news of the love of God for us and, and, and that it was for me as an individual? Mm-hmm. You know, so many people want to evangelize by selling Jesus, by putting him in a nice package, but you can't do that. Evangelism is just by is just saying, you know what? You are loved by God too.
1: Yeah. Then it has to be more than that. <laughs> you are loved
0: by God. Because anything more, if you don't get that, you don't get that, then you don't get anything else. Right. If you think of of the gospel message as a house and Every window on that house has an entry point into the inside. But the best way to enter that house is through the front porch. Right. And that front porch is you are loved by God. And if you usurp that front porch and jump in any other way, you have missed the foundational point that you are loved by God. Yet we are just so squeamish about that.
1: Yeah. And let's challenge Anybody that might hear this, write into to us. In the show notes, there is an email address and write into us. Tell us how you're stepping out and feeling the wind. Tell us. We want to hear it. And, and maybe if, if any one of you answers, <laughs> if any one of you answers, maybe we'll, you know, that first episode back maybe can be a recap of celebration of what all you have done.
0: Either that or we'll send you a pen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll have the new ones by then.
0: <laughs> no, I, I accent that. I mean, I agree.
1: Let us rejoice with you. That's what we are. That's what we're supposed to do as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're supposed to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. Let us come alongside. Invite us in. This can be your best post you make all summer.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Once you wrap us up? for the summer what (laughs) what parting words would you want us to remember for this summer and give us a benediction
1: you know it's hard to be coming out of things it's been a it's hard we've been shut up for a year and a few months now and now that they say hey it's okay you can continue your normal lives get get vaccinated get out there wear your mask if you need to It's hard to step back out and do that. And I encourage, this is what I'm going to try to do in the next couple months, the 10 minutes that we don't have school. (laughs) I'm going to try and reset and read some books. And I've just learned how to needlepoint. I'm going to practice that. And I'm just going to be quiet. and Be still. And just enjoy maybe just being out again because God is drawing us closer to him if we will let him. He tells us if we ask, he'll give it, that he's gonna knock, will we answer? So friends, this is the opportunity. This is a perfect opportunity. We're coming out of crazy times into more crazy times, but crazy in a different way. So let's make sure we have our feet firmly planted on the ground and our minds firmly planted in the word. So that's your challenge, our friends. Be in your Bible this summer. Journal right down, right into us. Let the spirit move you. Let it guide you because it really, really wants to. Jesus loves you. You are loved by God. You are chosen. You are accepted. And as John would say, remember that He is yours and you are His.